If you hear this sound, that means this episode is also featured on our YouTube channel as a video. Head over to www.youtube.com slash keepitweirdpodcast to check it out. Warning, this episode contains foul language, child abuse, murder, and mental illness. to and maybe watching Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, mysterious, unsettling, terrifying, ancient, creepy, icky, and everything in between. Each week we sit down together but from across the country and we talk about something weird. Weird. And this week is just as bizarre as the rest. We are diving into a mystery of the unsolved nature. We're talking terrifying technology and going back in time to learn about some Japanese myths and artifacts that are quite upsetting. You don't want to miss a moment of this jam-packed episode, so don't go anywhere. Let's get wild and woolly and most of all, weird. (laughs) My name is Lauren and this is my lovely co-host and my girl for life. Ashley. Hi, weirdos. I wish I could tell my girl with the dragon tattoo uh, joke again. <laughs> Me too. This is this our is our second round second through. Not all this, jokes can be natural, but uh, Ashley's new nickname is Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. That's mm-hmm. all you need to know. Nobody asks yeah. any questions. Do I have a dragon tattoo? No. She Will doesn't. I ever have a dragon tattoo? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Design me one. You guys are talented out there. Design me a dragon tattoo that I would actually like, and uh, maybe I'll get it, and my nickname will be funny again. It'll be official. A dragon, like, with you as the the head? (laughs) No, that's terrible. (laughs) That's the worst thing I've ever... Like that picture I made of my head as a pigeon for this... (laughs) That's what I'm imagining. (laughs) That is still, like, my all-time favorite picture. Besides, that one is tied with, or maybe second to... My favorite Stardust. is uh, the Casper. <laughs> Stardust was oh, hilarious too. That's top Casper. five. But me and you snuggling up in the Casper photo is Casper gets that's, me. It Every will always be the time. Best. I see it. Oh. <laughs> I now can't. I don't even know what to talk about because I can't tell my girl with the dragon tattoo joke. No, I know what to talk we about. We really messed it up. <laughs> yeah. What's up? What's <laughs> happening? Happy December. The holidays. Happy December. Mm-hmm. Do you have a tree up? I haven't seen a picture of it. My gosh, we do have a tree up. We haven't posted a picture of the entire tree, but did you see my Instagram story of Alex and Wilder being cute as buttons on their ornaments as babies or oh, Alex as a preschool? Yes. Yeah. And then yeah, my yeah, yeah. preschool and then photo. Your preschool photo. I was a like, demon. I, your soul. I should actually post that on Keep It Weird. I feel like the you listeners would appreciate it. I have a really funny childhood ornament as well. I don't think I have it here, but when I was a like in kindergarten and first grade ish, when school uh-huh. pictures basically started, I didn't know how to smile. So every single picture of me, I'm like this. Typical kid smile. Cheese. Yeah. Just here are my Cheesh. teeth. Like you know how to smile. You smile all the time. You're a child. You're a happy little kid. You smile. I know. But it's as soon such... as they tell you to smile, you're like It's such a weird thing that, like, the child brain, like, they're so, most children are happy and smiling all the time because they're having fun and playing, but if you say smile, they're like, but why do I, half of Wilder's photos now are like that. Or there's pictures of me, like, (laughs) I had a sideways one, her aisle, high school pictures are like, (laughs) what happened? Like, (laughs) this side froze for no reason? I don't know. Yeah. Did I have a stroke? Anyways. Okay, um, well, should we get to some stories? Let's get to some weird stories. But you know what's upsetting is that Hmm. I, for my first story, 
the intro that we just went over before we hit record, all I can, <laughs> the only tune that's coming to my head is What is that? Halloween? Halloween. So I need you, I need you to do it. Ashley's going to do the intro for this next segment. Unsolved. Thank you so much. It is not the Halloween theme song. It is unsolved. You're so welcome, but also, how could you forget? I know. But it's because I was doing duties in my head Mm. and the duties for me always mean Halloween. I'm done. Okay. Unsolved mysteries. This story that I'm about to read has been a mystery for decades. This began in the 1950s, but part of the mystery was actually somewhat solved. I mean, it was, we learned a lot, so I don't even want to say somewhat solved, but it's not the full answer. If that makes sense, we'll get into it, but it is very exciting. A lot of things have happened recently. Um, and finally just revealed earlier for earlier this year for the first time was some crazy information that might lead to the final answer we all want. So love it. Let's get into it. It's it's a ride. February 23rd, 1957. A LaSalle College student parked his car off Susquehanna Road and began to hike across a vacant lot in the drizzling rain. This man, this young unnamed man, he wanted to remain anonymous. Um, He was around 18, like 24 was the age range they put him in between. He was, unfortunately, known as a peeping Tom, and he was en route to spy on some of the inmates in the nearby Good Shepherd home, which was a Catholic residence for, quote unquote, wayward girls. Oh, so pregnant girls. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But what he found as he walked across this overgrown lot that night changed his life forever, and he didn't quite get to the windows that he usually peeps through. He came across a cardboard box, which would seemingly mean nothing in this overgrown lot, but he happened to glance inside, even though he would normally just pass it by. Something told him to look inside, and there was a small corpse wedged inside it. He was terrified. He totally forgot about what he was even on a mission to do. He jumped back. He ran to his car. He was frightened. He was embarrassed He because of what he was about to do. And he didn't confess his discovery until the next day. And it was to a priest, not to authorities. But he felt like he had to confess to somebody. And then eventually the priest said, you know, like, I forgive you, my son, but we have to call the police. I forgive you, my son. <laughs> That's what I'm imagining. He said, <laughs> forgive you. Um... <laughs> So he he complied and he agreed to talk to the police. But then, of course, his story changed when police came around and he was like, I was chasing a rabbit. Anyway, he was talking to police and then this heartbreaking story starts to unfold. This must have been really out in the middle of nowhere, because like, how could you not just be like, I was on my way (laughs) and I tripped church. When I tripped I know. over, <laughs> like I, this I tri- must have been like, chasing I don't rabbit. know how to tell people about this dead body I know. without incriminating myself and telling them that I want to look at girls in the window. Yeah. I know. I feel like that must have been like the only building nearby. The fact that he was like, I was chasing a rabbit, but whatever. I was like, this right, isn't important, we but I always thought that was just an interesting tidbit of him being like, it was definitely for the rabbit, but the priest knew the truth. Okay, so the patrolman who arrived at this lot on February 24th, the next day, found the large cardboard box lying on its side open at one end. It had a baby bassinet from J.C. Penney inside the box and also a small boy, his pale white body wrapped in a cheap little blanket that almost had Native American print on it, but it was like Mm -hmm. imitation cheap blanket. They searched the lot and 17 feet from the box, they discovered a man's baseball cap. Um, It was made from royal blue corduroy with a leather strap and a buckle on the back. Coincidentally, um, a beaten path through the weeds and the underbrush led directly from the cap to this cardboard coffin that had the boy. So they're picking up whatever clues they can. An autopsy was performed, and this is all in Philadelphia, by the way. I realized I didn't say that at the beginning. I was setting the scene, but we're in Philly. 
Philadelphia's chief medical examiner performed an autopsy and his report placed the boy between four and six years old, blue eyes, light blonde hair that had been very badly cut, like misshapen all over. Um, And in some areas it was like almost to the skull and there were little scratch marks. He was weighing only a pathetic 30 pounds at the time. looked like he had not eaten in days and there it was believed that the cause of death was a savage beating that left the boy's body and face covered in fresh bruises. I know that is all very dark and very sad. So um, he was either severely abused by his parents. Right. Or taken and held captive held and abused hostage, there. Yeah. But right. if he was taken and held hostage and abused there, someone would have reported him missing. Right. And there were no reports of a missing child. Hmm. Even stranger, there were other older marks that included a scar on his chin and a one-inch surgical scar on the left side of his chest. So there had been surgery at some point now added to it. And then there is a well-healed scar by the groin. And it's believed to be from hernia surgery. But, like, if this were Hmm. the case, you would think, like, oh... Well, then we can link this back to a hospital. That ended up not helping in any way. And some Mm -hmm. other scars um, that seemed more like injuries down by his legs and his ankles. There were no vaccination marks, and it didn't seem that he was enrolled Mm -hmm. in any public school. And they gathered that from the lack of vaccination marks and general starvation and everything about this kid but and they couldn't find him like anyone talking about it in any schools they put photos out no one is recognizing him spellman who was philadelphia's uh, medical examiner he attributed the boy's death to head trauma with a blunt instrument um, but he could not rule out that damage had been done by pressure he called it which prompted some of the investigators to suggest that fatal damage had been inflicted by somebody squeezing the boy's head when he was given his last maybe haircut like because it was so botched and all over the place so that's interesting too thinking of like who was cutting his hair who was with this boy and detectives clothed the boy and photographed his battered face and you can look up these photos at your own will when you look up the boy in the box from philadelphia the pictures the boy in the box the boy in the box this is the boy in the box (laughs) yes okay Well, I've heard of this case before. I know. Well, I had only heard the boy in the box and realized yeah. I knew no details of it. So, yeah, this wow. is the boy in the box. Oh, my um, God. Okay. And the photos posted online of him I think are so disturbing. I think more now. The they first time are. I heard of it was pre-Wilder. And now I'm looking at them and I'm just like, oh, my gosh, because, like, this already deceased boy has these photos online. But... Nobody was able to identify this boy. No one reported a child missing. It is so bizarre. No schools, no hospitals, you know, with all the surgical things. Nobody knew who this boy was. He no must one could have identify been transported him. from elsewhere. He must have been from like what states I'm thinking. away and someone decided to drive a couple hours and dump the body. Correct. That's kind of what I'm thinking too. Yeah. Um, investigators in the early stages of this case, they initially focused on the box that had been used as the boy's coffin because it had that baby bassinet from J.C. Penney, and it was one of a dozen received on November 27th, 1956, and sold for $7.50. Wow. I'm like, wow, isn't that nice? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Baby bassinet today is probably like $140. million. Yeah. Yes. Um, they were all we're sold fine. between. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. We'll be, we we'll love, be okay. We love the prices of things. We love inflation. Um, these were sold between December 3rd, 1956 and February 16th, 1957 from a store in Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. So they thought they could track it back there, but there were no records of the individual sales. It, you know, it went cold very easily. FBI fingerprint yeah. technicians found no usable prints on the carton recovered, it fell flat. And then they tried to do the blanket, but it, it clearly had been recently washed and mended. And then they realized it had been cut into separate unequal pieces because they, I think, eventually found what blanket it was from a different store and it looked different. Anyway, it had been through too many things. Couldn't go to the blanket. The label inside of the blue cap led police to Robin's Eagle Hat and Cap Company in Philadelphia. And oh. The owner, Hannah Robbins, said that it was one of 12 that had been made. So it was like, okay, like we're getting somewhere. Okay, a custom hat. Like, 
Yes, but then it came down to, mm-hmm. oh, I think a blonde man in his late 20s bought it, and then he returned it like a month later, and it, a new strap was sewn onto it, so I don't know. Dead end once again. Nobody okay. is being helpful to this. No name, no address, no nothing. So Philadelphia police continue to circulate more than 10,000 flyers with this horrific child's photograph on them. They, they're going to police departments all over Pennsylvania. They're getting into New Jersey, but nothing. Like, nobody is saying anything. So five months after the boy was found, the authorities buried him in Philadelphia's Potter's Field near the state hospital. And they uh, put a headstone on top that said, Heavenly Father, bless this unknown boy. Hmm. And just kind of, you know, they were obviously the case stayed open, but they were, you know, losing steam. Nobody knew what to do. There were no leads. Yeah, and eventually you want to give the the person child or not a child you want to give the kid a proper, a proper burial, burial. this yeah. sweet boy hmm. um so the case went cold for many years until november 4th 1998 when the boy in the box was exhumed in order to extract dna samples for future comparison with any suspected relatives a year passed before the authorities finally admitted that they had not been able to even obtain a satisfactory dna sample I don't know if it was like the embarrassment or what, but it was like, why did no one say anything? You knew this for a while. We could have gone back in and tried again. Yeah. Then another attempt was made in 2000, this time from the boy's teeth, but also this attempt failed. Um, There was one that they said was slightly successful in 2001, but the discovery of any living relatives by this point seemed hopeless. And investigators said, you know, we'll try, but we're going to try and be optimistic, but whatever. Then in 1999, a forensic artist named Frank Bender came up with a new idea that he believed might solve the case, and he he sculpted a bust that he believed could bear a strong resemblance to the dead boy's father. He had worked with psychologists and FBI profilers, homicide detectives for a long time, so he created what he thought the boy could look like in later years, what his father could possibly look like. He put that out. It was on national television on America's Most Wanted. They had the photos. They had the bust by this Frank guy. They were like, clearly... This is what we needed all along, but no, nothing, still nothing worked. So you got to get that sweet, sweet DNA out of that body. We need it. And you all were terrible at extracting it. So before we get to what's happened in modern day, here were some of the theories that were going around because for so many years we had to just rely on theories. The first involved a foster home that was located a little more than a mile from the vacant lot where the boy's body was found. In 1960, Remington Bristow, an employee of the medical examiner's office who was pursuing the case, like was kind of obsessed with it, um, contacted a New Jersey psychic who told him to look for a house that seemed to match the foster home. When the psychic was brought to the city, she led Bristow straight to the house and Bristow refused to Mm -hmm. let it go, like totally investigating the case on his own. And he attended an estate sale at the foster home and Bristow discovered a bassinet similar to the one sold at jc penny he also saw blankets hanging on the clothesline similar to that around the boy and bristow believed that the child belonged to the stepdaughter of the man running the foster home and he believed that the stepfather had potentially been involved the sexual nature with the stepdaughter and she became pregnant this was uh a person who worked in the medical examiner's office who after the exam just became obsessed with the case and could not let it go and like took this on as a side hustle. Yeah. I was just wondering if it was a person who had any sort of power or authority. Unfortunately not because they weren't the medical examiner who I feel like people would have listened to more, but just like could not let it go. Found all these clues that the psychic had led him to believe that the stepfather was involved, possibly got the stepdaughter pregnant and, The boy was hidden away, you know, after born. This could have been the love child. But um, nothing ever came of that because, again, as you said, he didn't have enough power and was saying, like, hey, I listened to a psychic that brought me here. And it was like, no, ignoring you, even though there was some evidence that pointed to it. But anyway, um, nothing came of that. Nobody like looked further into it. And then eventually the stepfather passed away and this home was no more. And yeah, that we just couldn't go any further with it. Then the second theory emerged in 2002. There was a woman who wanted to only be known as M very mysterious. 
so mysterious, in for mystery. She claimed that her abusive mother purchased the unknown boy and that his name was Jonathan. And from his birth... Purchased? Oh, from... Purchased! From his birth... <laughs> he was purchased from... <laughs> birth like the parents were immediately like nah in 1954 yeah. and passed him on and that he was subjected to extreme physical and other horrific abuse for two and a half years her mother then allegedly killed the boy in a fit of rage when he threw up in the bathtub after she had just cleaned it which is such a weirdly specific story that you're like okay they're very active imagination or okay. plausible is there something to this yeah and then it was said that the woman cut the boy's long hair, accounting for that strange haircut, and dumped the body in the secluded vacant lot. M went on to say that as they were preparing to remove the boy's body from the trunk, a passing male motorist pulled alongside to inquire whether they needed assistance. They ignored him and he rode away. This story um, was corroborated by confidential testimony given by a male witness in 1957. What? So the police did consider the story quite plausible, but then they decided to dismiss M's claims because they found out she had a history of mental illness and they said, we can't trust her because she's mentally ill. Okay. I mean, you could look into it a little bit, but at least look into you it. You could look into it a thing. little bit. Like, give it a chance, which is the same thing with the psychic. It's yeah. okay if you're like, you know what? I'm skeptical of all that stuff. I don't know if this is real, but like when the blanket and the bassinet from that JCPenney box exist, like, give it a chance. take a peek. <sighs> so the case remained unsolved because everybody's terrible. And then there was a breakthrough in 2021, October 2021, when an identity for the boy in the box was finally revealed after 65 years. Oh my God. But then we find out that the information, once again, everything's getting withheld, which is also shady. This information wasn't revealed to the public. It is. It became known to us all, obviously, in uh, December of 2022. So over a year later. And the team just said, okay. you know, we were... We put a lot of work into this. We did want to make sure, like, we were 150,000% sure. We still wanted to interview family members. Yeah. We were keeping people's lives private and quiet. Like, fair, fair enough. But everyone who was invested in this case was still angry, as people are. And we're like, why did you keep it a secret? So whatever, that could be shady or it could be they were respecting people's privacy. Yeah, and also if there's an invest an ongoing investigation exactly it's true you can't really yeah release that information to the public exactly which yeah i'm going to touch on again in a second in a different way too but um this team was able to finally get the dna they needed because they exhumed the body for a third time in 2019 um because they were like everybody got terrible samples and now our technology is better so they went for it it was a ton of work because tracing down this family tree when you have absolutely nothing was very difficult, but they did it. They put in the work yeah. um, and they were able to reveal his identity, which we found out in 2022 is Joseph Augustus Zorelli and internet sleuths and investigators who had taken this mystery on as a side hustle, as many people did worked tirelessly to find the names of the parents that were still hidden from the public at this time for safety reasons. And they succeeded because the right. internet's crazy. Yeah. We can do anything here. I know, which that <laughs> part of it in like every aspect of true crime in general annoys me so much that people do this, but they took it upon themselves, these internet sleuths, to reveal the parents' information, even though um, authorities wanted to keep it quiet. Oh, no. So in January of this year, 2023, the names of the boys' parents also came out. Augustus J. Gus Zarelli and Mary Elizabeth, or Betsy, Abel. And Betsy died in 1991. Gus died in 2014. And they still have Damn. living relatives. I know. So they're gone. We have no answers from them, but they do Just still have living them. relatives. There's like cousins and siblings, I think, of Betsy. And in Gus's case, he has other living children. It's believed, again, it's so hard to get answers on this. There's just so little known. But Betsy was 21 when Joseph was born, and a close relative said that he was most likely put up for adoption. They weren't positive, but they thought, just judging by what was happening in Betsy's life at that time, being a little secretive, 
putting him up for adoption. And the relative said there was no cruelty, no meanness. There was no suggestion that his parents, his biological parents had anything to do with the death. Gus's four children, an attorney who represented them, said the same thing, that they just learned about their father's connection to this case when the rest of the world did, you know, when authorities came to them and were talking to them. They'd never been shown anything that links their father to this child or anything involving this. Um, and that everyone in the family was horrified and sympathetic, just like the rest of the world was. And yeah. Philadelphia Police Department does believe this. So it seems most likely Gus didn't know this child existed and Betsy gave him up for adoption. So now the mystery remains, which is why I said partially solved who hurt this boy, who was in charge of this boy, who adopted this boy, who bought him. I mean, I think M who was brushed off as crazy had the answers, but I don't think she's mm -hmm. alive anymore. And the foster fucking house possibly as well. That was right there. I know, but other, like, they're Ooh. deceased. There was an estate sale. Like, the house could have been torn down by now. There's just, we don't have any of the people around anymore, and I feel like police just totally dropped the ball with this. I know they had little to go on, but I wish they had trusted more people. And But I there are a couple hope. instances that they could have potentially yes. investigated more thoroughly. A little bit of a lead. So yeah. I hope that we will get answers sometime soon. It is an ongoing investigation, and that's why police have not revealed the identities of Gus's four children. That was the part I was going to get to because it's an ongoing investigation. They didn't even want Gus's name out there, but they said we're definitely you know, protecting the other living relatives because we are still questioning and trying to find things. They said they have a lead and they have suspicions of who is responsible for this boy's death, but... They're still figuring it out. So I hope we get answers soon. At least we have a name for the boy in the box. Joseph. I know. I, like, respect to him, finally. The respect he deserves. That sweet little boy. It's so sad. Like, just thinking of that so little boy sad. wrapped in a blanket found in this dirt lot is just... A literal box. Horrific. Literal box. <sighs> Yeah, it's it's a dark story, I know. But I am just so, I'm fascinated by it all. I mean, the little, you know, hints and clues that have come out. And I just, yeah, I hope we have an answer for it. But also, we may not, because lots of the main yeah, we may key not players are gone. We may never And know, especially, but. you know, I, I've heard from someone who, again, this is like third party. Uh, it's someone that I know who has a very close relationship with the Centralia, a retired Centralia sheriff who mm -hmm. has basically gone on, not on record, off record said, we basically, we know who killed John Shakespeare. We know what happened, but that person is dead. And they can't defend themselves in any way. Right. It's not going to bring him back. It's complicated. We can't mm -hmm. really, like, I know you're dying to know, but that's not a good enough reason closure. to, like, give this man's name, have his family suffer for the things that he did, et cetera, et cetera. It's fair. So. I, I do get it. I know. Oh, but it, it's just like, we we want the closure. But at the same time, a lot of the relatives are not alive nor did they know about this boy so mm -hmm. like closure for who i guess it comes yeah down as to. much as you know. you know true crime uh fans is a weird word true crime people who are interested in true crime as much as you want closure it's not your closure to have it's not at all and it's like i, I and i can selfishly say that i want closure <laughs> i've always admitted that i hate unsolved mysteries like i'm fascinated totally. by them i hate them because i love having answers but obviously like it is their story to tell and that is why you know we're we're careful with the stories that we pick and this was you know this was an older one and we're we're learning things about now whatever a but famous one too i've heard about boy in the very, box for years very famous. and I, I, I know at some point i read about it but man yeah. oh man well, let's move on to something just as depressing. This is oh. something we surprisingly haven't done yet, but we need to. So this is a segment I like to call Terrifying Technology. Today, we are going to discuss and rank 
technology featured in episodes of Black Mirror. <laughs> Ooh. Oh boy. Netflix hey. just ordered another season of the sci-fi horror show, which is great because this last season, tits. Loved every episode. I loved it. Yes, after that Miley Cyrus garbage, we needed it. For sure. That was not great. So, it was not. there's a lot of creepy and cool, helpful and horrifying technologies in this series, and we've never taken the time to look at them and decide which one is the worst. So, I have ten of them. I'm going to kind of go through all of them mm -hmm. and uh, describe what they are. And then we are going to attempt to at least decide which one's the worst one. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm nervous. Okay. In no particular order at all. Season three, episode one featured a social network that reviews Ooh. human interactions uh, in the same way that we review restaurants, hotels, and services on Yelp. Every person is rated on every single interaction they have throughout the day, and then that rating is stored on an implant in their body, and everyone can see that rating when they meet you. Yelp for people. No thanks. No thanks. I've only watched this episode twice, and I don't think I ever will again because it is so anxiety-inducing for me, and it is my biggest fear because I care <laughs> so much about what other people think. Truly. And Bryce Dallas Howard, so many people like yeah. called her the perfect person for this because she did everything that you'd she want that main person to do, but I was like, also, she's me because I would be that annoying about it. I would. I'd hunt people down. Well, and here's the thing. For anyone who's ever worked at a business, anyone who's ever, like, worked at a restaurant or a store, you know the kind of fucking crazy that comes out in Yelp reviews. Yes, 1,000%. We would get Yelp reviews sometimes that were like, you're not even reviewing the right place. <laughs> this is like, not our restaurant. Like, I ordered the... Yeah, I ordered the cod and it was disgusting. It's like, we don't even sell cod. Like, you sell don't even burgers. know who you're reviewing. Get out. Yeah. But people are unhinged. People are just unhinged. Mm. And I know having this power, like, literally, not only is this just, like, horrifying, but also if someone doesn't like you for any reason at all, one star. You get one star. One star rating. Well, and you're, like... I just I can't handle it. I can't handle it. I hate that you would know about it. Like at least I can live it like ignorance is bliss. I can live thinking that there are certain people in my life who like me even though they probably don't. But like this is out there for all to see. I can't. I can't. I knew you were going to say this one. I hate it. Everyone can see your score. Yep. It's bad. But is it as bad as a parent as Archangel season Ooh. 4 episode 2? Yes. Featured a surveillance tool for your children, an implant in the child's head that a parent can control from an iPad. You can track yeah. your child on GPS. You can see the world through their eyes, browse yeah. through and watch their memories. And you can even, even censor them by blurring out images of violence, gore, and sex. It's too much. It's too much. I get the pull for it as a mom. I get why people totally. would do it. You want to have a peek into your child's life. You want to protect them. You want to keep them safe. But my God. Oh, but I could. This, oh, I loved this episode though because like, you can like, yeah, you can totally see how somebody goes that far. But oof. Yeah. Brutal. I would love to put a GPS tracker in my child the same way that I, I do with my cats. Yes, Simply right? because, like, if something were to ever happen, like, obviously, if there's a, you know, it would be abused immediately because you would be looking, you know, they'd be, they'd say they were at a friend's house and you'd look at their GPS to make sure they were yeah. actually there and like shit right. like that, which like, mm -hmm. that's no fun. Kids have to get away with some shit sometimes or they'll end up being fucking weirdos. I'm so thankful there was no GPS available when I was a teen because boy, oh boy, did I lie to my parents about my location all the time. But yeah, woof. You have to Every have time I experience. see those memes where it's like, when you tell your parents you had a sleepover, but really you're dying in a cornfield. Like You're dying hello. in a cornfield with a yeah. bottle of UV blue is one that I saw specifically. <laughs> and the amount Mad of Dog times that I- 
Yes, I drank UV blue in a literal cornfield a few times. So I loved that. <laughs> I but related guess what? to that. What? We're fine. We turned We're out fine. okay. We turned out okay. Yeah. Love that. Kids have to have some freedom. But at the same time, God, if I had a kid, I would probably put a chip in their neck. I know. I I understood it. Even like I know it went too far. I can logically say that. But I, it was like, ooh, totally. yeah, I get why you did this. Anyway, woof. Season one, episode two featured ads that play automatically and you cannot skip them or close your eyes and not watch them or close your ears and not listen to them. If you are looking away from the screen, the ad will pause and it will only resume when you are paying full attention. Yeah, Woof. I hate that. As someone who pays for the premium on every single service that I have Same. so that I could skip commercials, this is a fucking boo nightmare. commercials. Boo to commercials. Boo yeah, commercials, it's truly a nightmare. Mostly for like, respect my time. I just want to watch the show. I ain't got time for this. But <laughs> also, it just feels like that dangerous, like subliminal messaging type stuff where it's like, you will watch this and you will want to buy it and we're going to seep into your brain. I hate all of it. I don't want it. Season two, episode one, uh, has a service that will help you through the grieving process when you lose a loved one by allowing Ooh. people to communicate with a real life simulation of that person. They gather data through their user uploads and social media history. They scan voice and video of them to make an exact replica. You can text and they will text you back just like they did when they were alive. You can talk to them on the phone and they will sound just like they did when you, they were alive. And on the highest level, the priciest level, but the highest level, you can order a synthetic Android body that will sound and look just like your loved one who passed. They will even have all of their memories. Gosh. This was one of the most emotional Black Mirror episodes. And again, it's like, Rough. no, do not do this. You will never bring the person back the way that you think you will. Of course, we all want to. But then it's like, then once you've been through grief, you think, oh, I totally get why you yeah. did this. Because when you're grieving, you would do anything to have them back, even if it was anything. you know, remotely close to being them. Someone who looked like them, but wasn't. But gosh, it's yeah it's so complicated because of course it's not them so complicated right. i really don't think that that would help in the grieving process at all i think it would very much so hinder to destroy hinder. the grieving process it, i think it would it be a derails. horrible, horrible derails everything. derails completely yeah yeah the, the grieving process so i'm yeah, gonna say no, no to that no one good. i don't think it's the no worst good. but i'm gonna say uh, 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 uh. For sure. Okay, no, no. how about a DVR for memories? Season one, Ooh, episode fuck three. This one. <laughs> probably still my favorite episode, but fuck this one for real. Fuck this one. <laughs> I hate it. Features an implant called Grain that records every single thing you see, hear, or do. And memories can be replayed in your mind, or you can play the memories on a screen for other people to see. So if you go on vacation, instead of showing people photos, when you get home, you can literally play highlights of the vacation for them through your own eyes. <laughs> no, I don't like this because Alex would use it against me and be like, but you said this. And I'd be like, no, I didn't. And he'd play it. And I did indeed, because I can't remember anything and my brain doesn't work. So he would win in every fight Correct. if he had this power. And I just don't yeah, want to like rewatch myself going through life. Obviously, like for like vacation memories with my family. Like, yes, there sound like there's lovely reasons, but absolutely not. There's Fuck so this. many memories of my life that like I do wish that I could kind of go back and see again or experience again. But I also think that there's a nice... I think it would erase nostalgia completely because totally. agreed. it's the memory that, that makes that feeling so strong and so lovely. If you could actually go back and replay something you're so nostalgic about, you'd realize that it wasn't, wasn't what you as special it was. or as beautiful yeah. or as magical yeah, as you thought it was. Yes. And I think it would spoil a lot. I think it would too. And also arguing with your spouse would be fucking impossible and I won't do it. Yeah, fuck Joe, <laughs> fuck Alex. Impossible. You don't win. <laughs> um, you do not win. And yet, our best memories are how we feel about them. Like, I, as much as I would love mm -hmm. to see some of the things I saw in my childhood and relive that moment, because, you know, as we get older, things are getting a little fuzzier, harder to remember. And it's like, I kind of remember, like, 
this place we were, but I don't know. But yeah, if you were to rewatch it, you'd be like, oh, that place is really small and not big and awesome like I thought it was as a kid. And then that just destroys it when you felt so happy about it before. Just let the feeling exist. Take away the cameras and the DVR. Our memories. For a reason. Oh, damn. Are we going that far? We're going to be anti-camera now? (laughs) Phones only. No cameras. No No more keep it weird videos. No No cameras cameras. in the eyeballs. (laughs) (laughs) That's the rule I meant. Uh, And Alex and Joe can suck it. Suck it. So season four, episode six, featured a device that transfers physical sensations felt by one person to another person. It can be used in minor disagreements, like you want your husband to feel like you feel when your feelings are hurt so they can see how it makes you physically feel when they do something. Or it can be used in medical situations for patients whose symptoms are strange or the patient can't speak to tell the doctor what's wrong. A doctor can wear this sympathetic helmet and feel what the patient feels to properly diagnose them. Why do I not remember this episode? Which one was it? Um, this one was from, uh, it's season four, episode six. I think it was called Black Museum. Oh, yes. Okay. I do remember this. Yeah. Honestly, this one, I'll take this one. I don't hate it. I kind of like this, especially used in the medical world to, you know, help solve problems, but yeah. also to just like understand somebody in general. But yeah, I feel like this could advance the world in many possible ways right i think so too i feel like because sometimes it's hard to describe what a a discomfort feels like where it's like my stomach hurts so bad and it's like gas pains and it's like i don't think so like Mm. no tender but i don't i don't know how to describe it (laughs) but if a doctor could be like trained with this helmet to feel what different like put on the helmet and be like you have appendicitis great I know. I Honestly, I like it most thinking of it in the medical field and then not having anyone abuse it, obviously, when it could go south. But I, I even think of it when I asked that question on one of our episodes recently where I said, your reason for getting arrested will be doctors not listening to you and you like lighting a doctor's office. Mm-hmm. Place. Yeah, there's a reason I like this one. Yes, where it's just like, you're not listening to me, you're not understanding me, which isn't always completely their fault, I guess, if they just don't understand sure. your level of pain. So I like it for this. Anyway. But all Same. all kinds of things. Like your kid wants to like stay home from school because they say they're sick. You put the helmet on. Yep, you do feel sick. Or like, totally. nope, you're just faking it. Get get on the bus. Like there's so right. many different ways we can use the sympathy helmet. That is very um, Maybe real. not for good, but... I like this one. I'm okay with this one. I like it. I'm here for it. I think. I haven't thought of any super big downfalls yet. Okay. No. In the 2014 Christmas special of Black Mirror, we were introduced to real life blocking. So assuming you're using one of the many brain implants on the show, you can actually block real people so you cannot see or hear them. They'll appear to you as a gray silhouette that you cannot hear and uh, you will appear the same to them. It gets especially mm-hmm. dark, though, when the government can use this technology to block people from entire communities or society as the whole. For example, sex offenders are blocked from society so they cannot communicate or interact with anyone. Mm-hmm. I like that part of it. It's like, if you're just saying that, then it's like, yes, let's block them out. They can't interact with us. But the rest of it and that episode as a whole is wild. And that's a rough I, it's very rough and yeah, it's, it's very dark, but I, yeah, I don't want to be able, I don't even want to be able to fully block someone, even if I'm like, ugh, get out of my life. But then like the thought of being blocked by someone you love is devastating so this terrifies me i don't like it in some ways it would be awesome like if you're a girl who's dealing with a stalker and you could literally block them like that's why criminals yes i want them to be blocked (laughs) maybe but at the same time it's like holy shit is that too severe of a punishment to become at least if you're in prison you know there's some sort of social interaction 
And I'm not saying like they sex offenders deserve social interaction, no, but there is something no. there is you I know, know what cruel you mean. and unusual punishment. And I think totally. this might be cruel and unusual punishment. I know. Maybe I shouldn't say all criminals. I'm like stalkers come to mind and then obviously like pedoph- pedophiles come to mind. So I'm like, maybe we have mm-hmm. levels where I don't know if there are certain humans that deserve human that's blocking. very dark of me to say, but I don't like it. That's a dark one. Okay, how about this one? Uploading your consciousness. And I have two different examples of this. One that's kind of sweet and one that's horrible. Season 3, episode 4, arguably the most beautiful episode of Black Mirror, featured a technology that lets you upload your brain or consciousness into computers where you can live your life in a virtual reality in a city called San Junipero. Mm. It's the best, best episode. Its main draw is to people who are injured, disabled, or elderly who have very limited mobility. Um, Dying people can also upload themselves into San Junipero's cloud and live there forever, even after their body dies, which presents a very horrific conundrum, because if there is an afterlife, you want to experience that. And if there's nothing, you'd want to be in San... Like, how do you know where to go? Now, that episode was beautiful, but Mm. there are other episodes that feature an uploading of consciousness that are pretty rough. Uh, Also Mm. from White Christmas, cookies. Cookies are digital clones of people stored in a small egg-shaped object. The original use of cookies were to be your digital assistants, like an Alexa, but basically a real-life person on demand. The only problem is, is that, say, you cloned your consciousness and you put them in this little machine, that means somewhere out there there is a you with all of your memories, feelings, wishes, hopes, and dreams trapped inside a digital hell doing the bidding of whoever bought their fucking egg. Don't do it. At the end of this list, I am going to go through some actual real technologies that are either in, like, being worked on today or future technology that we're definitely going to see in uploading your consciousness is one of them. What do we think about it? I'm very, again, I feel bad because I keep saying it's complicated for all of them, but I'm very torn on it because, again, in San Junipero, like, I love I love what they did with it. And that would maybe be a choice I'd want to make where it's like, I just get to be in this beautiful place and, uh, you know, in a happy, comfortable relationship, even though my body can't live on. Yeah. Like how wonderful. But then to think that it could be, you know, used against me in such a brutal way and that some version of me might be suffering as my Alexa assistant in the house. (laughs) I don't like that. (laughs) Can go dangerous fast. Yeah. How do you feel? I don't know. I mean, technically, if we can find a way to upload our consciousness and we can upload it to a system, there would have to be so, 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 so many regulations. Yes. Strict regulations. (laughs) Strict, crazy regulations because, like, I don't want to lose my consciousness or lose power over my consciousness. Right. Or have, you know, a company take my consciousness. And use it, yeah, for something for their own gain, but I have no control over it. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, it can just go. And like, what happens if you upload your consciousness to San Junipero and like someone hacks into the system and makes it a living hell? Like, I just feel like there's so many Mm. things that could go wrong. But I feel like that about all technologies. Yes, exactly. Like there is something that could go terribly wrong, but part of it sounds lovely so i don't know i have two more season four episode five was about robotic dogs that have pretty much taken over the planet they're equipped with several different ways to kill you they're smart enough to operate other technology and charge themselves with solar energy oh and they've turned on us and decided to track down every human survivor i mean here's the thing terminator it's Terminator. Pass. It's literally Terminator. Yeah, I'm, I don't want to. I don't want to deal with this. <laughs> <sighs> Season six, episode one. This is my last one. Featured a normal woman and her Netflix account. When all of a sudden she tunes in for a night of entertainment to check out the new show, which is called Joan is Awful, only to realize the show is about her life. 
literally down to the things that she did that morning. She signed away the rights to her life story when she accepted the terms and conditions of the app. None of us read the terms and conditions, so this scares me so very I've much. I've never read some terms and conditions, not once in my life. I always ignore them. Like how, yep. you, if you're a person Nightmare. who actually reads the terms and conditions, who are you? Who What's are you? I like? mean, good good for you, I <laughs> guess because you know what you're signing yeah i mean we all should but like i'm not reading 20 pages of this thing to update my phone it's not happening nah i know and we're signing away so much of our shit (laughs) i know truly this would be so brutal if it was real i felt so bad for joan and everything that was happening but also this episode rules for the celebrity appearances alone but yeah, thinking of the actual technology, I hate it. That's scary. What if somebody really does slip in something like that in the terms and conditions? I'm not a fan. So before you get all comfortable thinking, well, it's just a TV show, hold your horses. So a lot of people think the primary focus of the show is the negatives of technology, but really it's the negatives of human nature because nothing about the technology totally. is bad is overtly evil or negative or bad it's just highlighting the ways in which we would take advantage of these amazing technologies and use it for our own demise yep as with everything everything in life we ruin it like humans mess everything up it is our fault yes humanity we struggle Uh, a lot of these ideas are actually being developed irl As for brain implants that can record data, Elon Musk has already announced Neuralink, which is a chip that will be surgically implanted into the brain and allow people um, with physical disabilities to control their devices through their brains. They'll be able to send texts, voice messages, take pictures, create designs. Um, Anything we can do with our phones and computers can be done through this implant using only your brain. Musk claims that these chips would make it possible to create backups of memories that could potentially be downloaded into a new body. No. What? Who? Luckily for us, Elon Musk is an idiot. So I don't think we have to worry too much about Neuralink just yet. Because even though he has very intelligent people working for him, he himself can't keep it together i think neuralink is further away than we expect (laughs) yeah i mean it just sounds far away even though like i know elon can make things happen quickly in some cases but that does sound very far away and i loved you saying there are smart people who work for him because i do have bandmates who work for him who i love so much and they are very (laughs) intelligent and good people but elon is a dumbo and also he's a mess to be honest you had me in the first half like elon had me i was like oh this sounds so great Mm -hmm. but then you were like and then we can download it and then we're gonna like put you into a box and it was like well well i don't know you're gonna have to really prove to me that that implant surgery is not gonna kill me because it feels like it will it feels (laughs) a little dangerous like if i'm gonna be honest it's like i'm gonna die Samsung has patented contact lenses that project images directly into the user's eyes. They also have a camera function and sensors controlled by blinking. So users will Uh -uh. be able to capture the memories with the blink of an eye. That seems fine and nice, but no, I don't trust it. I don't like it. It's going to be used against me somehow. It reminds me of the recording of memories from the eyeball and... How Alex yeah. will use it against well, me. This is all about Alex trying to... This is all about Alex. This is all about my marriage. In the well, this could oh. create seriously major privacy issues. People getting photographed yes. without their consent. Maybe in Ooh. compromising situations. Ooh. I didn't even yeah, think about bad. that. Like the blinking. Ooh. Hate it. Bad news. Misuse. No. In 2014, China announced a six-year plan to build a system to reward actions that build trust in society and penalize actions that don't, and they are calling it a social credit system. 
If you get caught littering or jaywalking or being a public nuisance, your score could worsen. The more social credit you lose, Mm -hmm. the more your life is affected. You may not be able to book a train or a plane ticket if your score is too low. You could get your mortgage eligibility revoked. You could get turned down for a job. Basically, anyone who looks at your score and sees something they don't like or trust can use that score to deny you entry or purchase or business. Once again, Ashley, I will say this is my least favorite. And if we are talking about (laughs) ranking like number one, absolutely not. I am far too fragile. But again, only really because it could be used nefariously against a person. Like it can, like and it would can be make shit up and be like, I, I saw them doing this. Beep, boop, 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 boop. Your score I goes saw down. This because bitch. like, yeah. If it was just about like real life scores, yeah, I'm five stars, bitch. I'm five stars. If it's about how I act in society and like what I'm contributing, yes, I would be five stars. But I know that somebody's going to be like, she looks weird and ruin me. Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) Too fragile for this. I can't do it. Certainly annoying. And I'd be like, oh, yeah, you're right. So there are other punishment measures on the list. Like, for example, if someone has failed to pay court ordered child support or something, their travel Mm. would be restricted large purchases would be denied because it it would be seen as a luxury that you basically don't deserve until you pay your child support. Um, that that not horrible. And it would work with corporations and businesses too. Your credit score will be public knowledge like a Yelp review and it could sway people away from your business, but also you could be banned from participating in government procurement bids or government assistance if your score is so low because of your interactions but not much has happened with this yet just fyi 2014 is when they announced it it was only last year in november of 2022 that an official law was drafted called the establishment of the social credit system and as far as i know it has yet to be like voted on or pass or anything so like we're very far from this happening yeah What is uh, not far from our future, Philadelphia-based Ghost Robotics and arms manufacturer Sword International Sparks showed off a robot dog design last year that's armed with a 6.5-millimeter Creedmoor sniper rifle that can hit targets from 3,940 feet away. Mm, Not only that, but Alexander Atomanov, the founder of a Russian hoverbike company, has also shared a video online that shows their robo-dog called the Unitry Yushu Killer Machine that has a submachine gun strapped to his back. So that one's already real. Oh, no, because that is my other, like, least favorite. Okay, well. Yeah, the Terminator scenario is my other least favorite, and that one's actually happening. Finally, one of the twists in Joan is Awful, do not worry, I'm not ruining the plot, is that the actress who plays Joan on the Netflix show is also not actually acting on the show. She acted on Mm -hmm. a different show, but signed a contract saying they could use her image and likeness for other shows in the future. And I think we all know the consequences of that one. SAG-AFTRA is literally trying to fight that as we speak. They're trying to write into fucking contracts that they can take your likeness and use your face and your voice to do whatever Mm -hmm. the fuck they want with that's horrifying it's so so horrifying or a total real thing this technology uses ai to seamlessly replace faces in a video which like the only acceptable reason to do that is if you're making a movie like forrest gump where uh-huh. you're showing this person interact with like famous people who are no longer with us. Like Correct. that is like the yes. only reason Use that, that this is acceptable. And, yeah. I agree completely. Otherwise, like it is so awful and it so is awful. not allowing people to practice their craft and be the character that they want to be. But yeah. yeah, it's it's so scary. Getting rid of background actors too, which Ashley and I both were. I hate that. Horrible. That's the only reason I survived my first year in LA is because I did Same. background. But mm. not only that, people have deep faked um, like a beloved actress's face onto that of a porn star doing her thing yeah. and uploaded that to the yeah. web. So now, even though it's not this person's body and this person's not doing it, it's their face, it's their voice. Right. It seems like they are. 
Also, people are using deep fake technology on voices. They can use only four seconds of your voice recording. They can supposedly create an algorithm that makes your voice say anything they want. So they can call your own mother and in your voice oh, yeah. say that it's you and they need help and to please right. wire money here. Right, right, right. I did hear about that. That is so scary. Horrible. So scary. My family and I have a safe word. So that was the advice I heard in the article I was reading. It was like, come up with a safe word immediately because this is going to start happening to everybody. So yeah, we got to. Only your family knows. Yep. Good plan. I've even seen supposed videos of our own president, Joseph Biden, saying things he did not say to rile up the base of his opponents. So like deep fakes are here. They are Mm -hmm. real. They're going to get worse. Very scary. This is so funny. Self-driving cars. That's all I wrote for that one. (laughs) All that needs to be said, apparently. That's all we need to say. Yep. Self-driving cars. Uh, They're here. They are very much here. I feel like they're like spreading (laughs) like wildfire. Uh, In some cases, they're fine. But in a lot, they're horrifying and can get in a lot of accidents. We got to fix the fitch. Fix the glitches. Fitch. Anyways, everyone check out Black Mirror on Netflix if you haven't already. It's a lot of fun. So are we saying that the worst one is... The Yelp. Human Yelp. It sounds so (laughs) dumb because I feel like other ones are worse, but my insecurity is going to go ahead and say, yep, for me. That and Robot Dogs. Robot Dogs are really bad. Robot Dogs are really far up there. I think Robot Dogs... Human Yelp, eye-tracking advertisements. Ooh, yeah. Don't make me ever watch it. Hate that. (laughs) Hate it. Hate that. Because you know it's not going to be a different ad every time either. It's going to be like when you're watching Hulu and you have to watch the same. God you will have a million side effects. Every commercial break. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, we don't have time to. No check out some haunted japanese history so we're gonna don't we we chatted for a long time we're gonna shove it in our pocket that is all the time we have this week for keep it weird thank you so much for listening you guys are the fucking best uh we love you make sure you're following us on uh social media at keep it weird cast where we post all of our goings on and episode updates and that's where we hold our contests. That's where we uh, get our questions that are submitted by you. So follow us there. Check out our Patreon, www.patreon.com slash keepitweirdpodcast. We have a shit ton of bonus episodes. Um, if you scroll all the way in the way, way back machine, you'll find some really funny bonus videos that we did back in the day. Um, and I'm pretty sure they're entertaining. I'm not sure. I think so. I'm going to give us credit. <laughs> and for as little as $1 a month to as high as $50 a month, you can donate to our show and help us um, produce it and make sure that we have more seasons in the bag. Also, it's Christmas time. So head to www.keepitweirdpodcast.com slash merch. Pick something out. Ask Santa for it. Maybe you'll get it. If you're lucky. If you're lucky. Before we go... Let's practice a little bibliomancy. And here's the thing. I think the reason our books haven't been guiding us properly is because we haven't asked about anything we truly cared about. So think of a question that you'd ask a tarot reader about your past, present, or future. Let's see. I was was thinking of asking, will 2024... I don't even... I want to word it properly because that is the thing with bibliomancy. I want to like... Will 2024 be more fruitful for the two of us? Will 2024 be kinder to us? Will it be gent- more gentle? That's kind of what mm, I want to know is question. if our theory that we had about like the odd years and the even years, will 2024 prove to be a more gentle, even year to us? That's a really good question. That's Let's see. I want to have you pick the page since you're not me. So pick any page between 12 and 180. 17. Wow. Okay, 17. (laughs) 17. Hey, hey, hey. You got the three of rods, baby. 
Also known as the Three of Wands. The Three of Wands indicates your ships are coming in. Success is upon you. It's no longer some distant goal in the future. It is within your sights and you can take a moment to breathe and acknowledge what you've achieved. That's exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Gosh, I'm going to hold yes. on to that. Yes. Listen. 2023 sucked. Let's 2023 go. is the pits. 2024 is going to be awesome. <laughs> I'm so ready for it. Join us, won't you? In Please. 2024, you'll be back, right? Maybe you we better. can all take this tarot message with us into the future, into the beyond. But in the meantime, we love you. We'll see you in a week. And love keep you. it weird. weird.